Carlsbad, People, Purpose, and Impact, an essential podcast for those who live, work, visit, and play in Carlsbad. Hey, welcome everybody. Brett Schonsenbach here from the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. And we have a, a little bit different format today for our podcast. I do have a guest here in studio with me, but uh, instead of an interview, we're going to share with you a presentation we just gave. So with that, my guest is Mr. Adam Jacobs. Adam is the chair of our board, the owner and founder of the Jacob Sheriff Group, the owner and founder of Fortis Fitness Yoga Lux, as well as other business adventures, adventures, ventures, probably both. Uh, Adam, thanks for being here this morning. It's my pleasure. And I, I do think business is an adventure. Yeah, That's I think for you're sure. right. <laughs> First of all, thank you for chairing our board this year. It's been a pleasure. You know, I, I think I lucked out with it being our hundredth year yeah. and, uh, and me getting the opportunity with the stars aligning to, to take over this year. Um, but honestly, the my predecessors in the in the chair role really laid the foundation of what we're doing, and I'm excited for who's coming after me as well. And one thing I've noticed is we we've done a really good job of past chairs and future chairs of keeping a cohesive message going yeah. through. We've uh, we've worked really hard to get together beforehand to continue those initiatives that we that we've set. And one of the really interesting things, and we've had this debate, is it a one-year term or yeah. two-year term? What's yeah. better? Uh, and there's definitely pros and cons to both. There are. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And it's a, it's currently a one-year term. But yeah. I think because of the great communication uh, between the past chairs and the future, we've been able to to continue on um, the work that we're doing. and Because and, two years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, and one year goes really one, fast. We're already halfway through. We're already halfway through, which brings us to today's topic. Um, you had the idea, this was, I give you all the credit, probably towards the tail end of 2022, that um, we should use one of our first Friday breakfasts, which is a regular staple here in the Carlsbad Chamber, to share with our own membership kind of a, a state of the chamber kind of a presentation and talk about our history and what we do and our initiatives coming forward. So kudos and, and what, what led you to that thought in the first place? Well, thanks for, for saying that. I, one, one thing when I came in as chair I want to do was to bridge the gap between the board of directors and the general membership yeah. population that we have. Um, and so I was thinking of different ways to do that as simple as getting our board members to the various sure. networking events and committee meetings that we have just so there is that interaction. But also how do we bring to the general membership what it is the board does. What is the chamber doing outside of the networking? Yeah. And uh, having attended many First Fridays uh, throughout my time as a chamber member, I thought this was a great opportunity to do just that. Perfect. Some of the feedback we got was great. So, yes. uh, And so that's what we have for you today, our listening audience. Um, this morning at our First Friday breakfast, Adam and I together gave a presentation to to the breakfast attendees about kind of a state of the chamber and and also a review of our impact the last hundred years and some teases on things strategically that we think are really important going forward that we're still focused on. And I would add for those listening who may not have had a chance to attend our first Friday breakfast, it is one of the premier networking opportunities yes. in North County, if not all of San Diego. Uh, it includes typically uh, an excellent speaker or speakers not just saying that because we spoke today, <laughs> but uh, usually very informative folks talking about all diverse things from business to personal to whatever. 
and some facilitated table networking mm-hmm. and a lot of connections I've made throughout my time uh, being a member of the chamber have come right from from this event. And so uh, anyone who's listening, who's live, lives nearby, like I invite you to come. It's literally the first Friday of every yeah. month. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a great format. I, I think it's especially um, a good format for newer members because when you come to a happy hour, that can be a bit intimidating, right? You walk in, there's like roughly a hundred people and in your mind, you feel like, oh gosh, they all know each other and I don't know anybody. And and we do have some things to, um, our brand new members, we do actually hold their hands, so to speak, and take them around and introduce them a little bit. But still, the first time you come completely on your own, it's it's intimidating, but the first Friday breakfast isn't because, like you mentioned, it's facilitated. You got a, a nice table of eight people, and you're going to get a chance to share who you are and get to hear from you know roughly seven others that are in different business categories than you're in. And uh, I really like it uh, for that reason because it can remove that that fear element of overwhelm. You know, we don't want it to turn into a middle school dance where everybody's wallflowers on the... (laughs) Exactly. And and I do know the chamber staff works very hard to make sure that it's industry specific at the table. So you really get to share your story, why you got into what you're doing, what you're passionate about without having to compete with someone who might be doing a similar thing to you. So I I just think it's a really great format. And uh, I I was pleased that we had the opportunity to share it as the speakers today. Yeah. And I want to give you another little uh, shout out. Um, This didn't even come up this morning at our talk, but um, (laughs) you're not even 48 hours removed from returning from an extended trip overseas in Europe. And so your time frame's all off, but there you were ready to go. I really appreciate that. Yeah. uh, My mom always says, if you want to play hard, you got to work hard. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Well, with that, um, we're going to leave you all, our listening audience, with the presentation we gave at our June 2nd First Friday Breakfast about the state of the chamber. We uh, we hope you enjoy it. And as Adam said, we encourage you to come to future First Friday Breakfasts, and we look forward to uh, seeing you. And have a great Carlsbad Chamber Day. There we go. So now we're moving on to the next portion of our program. And I'm so excited because you are going to hear from the CEO of the chamber, and also the chair of our board. So I'm gonna let Brett take it away. So it's my pleasure to introduce you, if you haven't met him yet, the CEO of the Carlsbad Chamber, Brett Schatzenbach. Thanks, Marcy. And, oh, I lost my notes. Oh, I'm going to introduce the chair of our board. Uh, The chair of our board is Mr. Adam Jacobs. He is the um, owner of the Jacobs Sheriff Group, but he's also the owner of Fortis Fitness Yoga Lux in um, Bressy Ranch. And he has actually other business ventures in addition to that as well that he may or may not touch on. And he has been uh, a member of our board of directors for six years now, I believe, six years. And so currently chair of the board. And so I want to invite uh, Adam Jacobs up as well. Thanks, Brett. All right. Hi, everybody. Nice to see you all. You know, one of the great things about being a member for of the chamber for so long is I see a lot of uh, very familiar faces. I've had a chance to meet many of you many times. And I also love seeing all the new faces in the crowd. So uh, thank you so much for being here. When Brett and I came up with this idea, came out of my, my thought that I wanted to make sure that the general membership population of the chamber knows what is going on outside of just the networking that we do. And the networking that we do is phenomenal. It's, I mean, look around. It's 7 o'clock in the morning on a Friday, and we're all here networking, right? Um, But outside of the networking that we do, what else does the chamber do? 
what are your dollars going towards when you sign up for a membership and your company signs up for a membership? And what impact do we have on our community? And so we'll go through a lot of that and what we've done over the last 100 years. Uh, but before we get all the way into that, I wanted to give a little bit of a background of what our board of directors even does. And so I'll give you a few stats. So we have up to 35 voting members on our board of directors, and they're made up of various diverse people from different business backgrounds, large business, small business, woman-owned business, uh, veteran-owned business, all different industries. So we get that diverse and, and unique perspectives from each and every board member. We also have several emeritus board members that have been with us for a long time that they can't vote anymore, but they give us their insight and they carry that knowledge that they've had being in the community for so long. And then we also have advisory members, and those include Mir Costa, Carlsbad Unified School Districts, Camp Pendleton, Visit Carlsbad, and many more. And every couple months, each one of them gives a, a, an update to us on what's going on in our community so we can stay up to date, not just on what we're doing, but what other organizations are doing that affects what we're trying to do. And while we're not part of the city of Carlsbad, and I know that is a big confusing point, um, we do have liaisons from the city come to us every month at our board meetings and give us an update on what the, city's, uh, the city council has discussed in their previous meetings, what their initiatives are coming up. So we can see where we can partner with the city. Again, we are not part of the city uh, with them on that. Out of that board of directors, we have an executive committee, and that's made up of nine members. And that includes the current chair, me, our chair-elect, J.R. Phillips, our past chair, Josh Mazur, our treasurer, Deb Beto. And then we also have five other members who serve as our vice chairs on the executive committee, and those include Alex Rene, Amanda Miles, Sue Lofton, Carl Stryker, and Miguel de Jesus, who popped in late, so we didn't get to recognize him earlier. Miguel is here as well. And so out of that executive committee, we vet a lot of the, uh, the different initiatives we're looking at and then bring it to the larger board um, for voting. Okay, so what is it we do? I've told you like who the people are. So what do we do? Uh, first and foremost, we oversee our executive. Currently, Brett Schonsenbach. <laughs> and hopefully for a very long time. But also, we we'll, will... We'll see by the end of the meeting if that's still true. <laughs> <laughs> but also, in the case when we need to find a new executive, the board comes together, creates a subcommittee to do a search. And several years ago, uh, we did just that. And that's how we found Brett. Uh, my friend Matt Leonard is here, and he was very integral part of that search committee. We also set the strategic goals of the chamber, and we do that in conjunction with all of you. So many of you may have gotten a phone call in uh, the end of last year as a survey, and we took, I think it was what, we got like 300 or so responses, uh, and it was pretty lengthy, a lot of different questions about everything that we do and don't do and everything in between. And once a year, we hold a retreat in November. And in that retreat, we go through, in addition to many other things, all of that data that we've collected and anecdotal things that we've talked with from people one-on-one. -on -one. And from that, we whittle it down to a handful of initiatives that we want to do and implement into the strategic direction of the chamber for that year. And with that, we then set our budget. And so we set our budget starting in January. Um, and, and that includes all those initiatives we also look at many of the other events and networking uh, opportunities and things, and that all goes into our budget as well. 
And then the interesting part that I'm not sure everybody's fully aware about, but we take positions on many different things. That includes projects coming up in our community, that includes legislation coming down from locally all the way up to California, even federal, and other things like that. We do have a public policy guide. It is on the website. You can go check that out. So anything that comes through that falls inside of that purview, Brett and the Chamber can run with. But many, many things fall outside of that. And we work very closely with the Government Affairs Committee, who will vet legislation, will vet projects coming through the city, and give us their recommendation. And then we will vote on that as a board of how we want to proceed. Does the Chamber support this project? Do we oppose this legislation? Whatever it is, and then Brett and his team send that off to whoever the powers may be that need to see that. We also oversee all of the committees, and many of you I know are involved very heavily in many of our different committees. I myself helped start the, the Carlsbad Young Professionals group over, I think, seven years ago now, and that is a thriving group of, uh, of our young professionals. Uh, but we have the, several other, I know Marcy talked about the green business, I talked about the government affairs, there are many other committees. We oversee those in our new COCO um, overseeing group. And then our new uh, addition this year, we have our clubs. And so if, if you're not ready or you're, you know, something is interesting to you that may not fall into a committee and you want to start the chamber chess club and get together and see whose queen's going to knock out the other one's king, uh, maybe over a couple, you know, wine, I don't know, whatever. So, for example, so we started the clubs this year and we oversee that. I mean, we do much more than that, but that's pretty much what we do as a board as a group and as a chamber in, in terms of the impact that we have in the community. So um, I'll turn it over to Brett now to take you through uh, some more information and then we'll, we'll reconvene after that. So those of you who are in NetForce have seen a portion of this presentation. So it's a little bit of a review for, for you, but um, we are gonna get into also looking forward a big initiatives in the community that we think are very important that we will be engaged in. So that will be a portion that'll be a little bit different for you. But, and when we look back at our 100 years, we thought it was important to take some time to reflect on what have we done over these over this century that we have existed. And so to start with, we always like to talk about what our mission is at the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce. And our mission is to serve as an economic catalyst, a leadership convener, and a community champion. And I always like to point out this beautiful mural has literally nothing to do with the chamber, but it's my favorite in Carlsbad. So it made it into the PowerPoint. But uh, as you look through um, the things that we've done, and it, as you heard from Adam um, about our, our structure and what we focus on. And then you look forward to what we're involved in. Hopefully you'll see these three things as a theme throughout all of them. But to start with, we were founded in 1923 by a, an, a gentleman named Roy Chase. He was a very interesting guy involved in a lot of things. He was postmaster. He ran the railroad station. He opened a grocery store and the chamber all out of that same building. And he was also a developer who built a hotel, a church, a theater, and his wife was a charter member of the Carlsbad Women's Club. So super civically engaged. And so he served as the president of the board for the first two years of our existence. And the second guy who served was Luther Gage, who brought the rinoculus flower to Carlsbad. So our, our history uh, as a chamber is tied very closely to the, the history of our agriculture and the flower fields. He also introduced the gladiola to Carlsbad and is the grandfather of the flower fields. So tied in very deeply with um, our heritage there. 
you know, so we're 100 years old. Those of you that know your Carlsbad history know that that's older than the city itself. So the process of becoming a city was very tied to the chamber. The way that started was back in May of 1952, um, the city of Oceanside was trying to annex a large coastal strip of Carlsbad. They wanted the new Encina power plant that was going to go up. And so they they made a pitch to annex um, Carl's, a big chunk of Carlsbad, and it failed. And this is where you, know, you always hear it's important to vote. It failed by a vote of 45 to 45. That's how narrow the margin was. If one of those votes had flipped, uh, this out here would be Oceanside, not Carlsbad, literally. So it failed, and the chamber snapped into action as soon as that failed. A gentleman by the name of Red Robin... Robinson was the chair of the board at that time. He had a plumbing company and he mobilized the community and said, we need to incorporate to protect ourselves um, and to protect what we know as Carlsbad. And so the very next month they held a vote and also a very narrow victory um, for the whole community to vote to incorporate. It was something like a something like 582 to 536 or something like that. And Carlsbad voted to incorporate. And the very first mayor in Carlsbad was a gentleman who had been president of the chamber's board twice before he became mayor, Dewey McClellan. You might remember the name McClellan because his family is the one that sold the property out there that is now Palomar Airport to the county to form that airport. So the chamber was very involved in the city becoming a city. And... Just for fun, I always like to look back at what our statistics were back then. In 1952, we had under 7,000 residents. Now, 115,000. Back then, we were a total of 7.5 square miles. Now, 39.8 square miles. And this is my favorite. Back then, an assessed value of $5 million. (laughs) This year, the city of Carlsbad will bring in um, just a hair under $60 million in property tax. So those of you who can reverse engineer that math and tell me what our assessed value is, I leave that to you. But it's a lot. And it starts with a B, not with an M. It's a lot of money. So Carlsbad's come a long way. And so then in the late 50s, another issue was popping up in our region, and that was the lack of quality health care. And it was the three chambers in this area that came together and decided we needed quality health care for our own region. And so the Vista, Oceanside, and Carlsbad chambers came together and led the charge to form the Tri-City Hospital District and then subsequently led a bond measure to get funding. And in 1961, Tri-City opened. So they've just recently celebrated their 60th anniversary as a hospital. These days, they have over 500 physicians associated with them and over 60 specialties. They employ over 2,000 people and are one of of the biggest employers in the Tri-City area. So they are a major, major community um, participant. And then going into the 1970s, the Carlsbad Village Fair was started in 1974, and it is the largest single-day street fair in the country until somebody proves me otherwise. (laughs) That's marketing 101. Until they can prove it, I'm going to keep saying it. Um, uh, But we do. We bring in over 100,000 guests twice a year. First, and I know a lot of you have been first Sunday of May, first Sunday of November. So if you extrapolate that in almost uh, 50 years of hosting it, 100,000 people per twice a year, we're getting close to 10 million people that we've brought 
to downtown Carlsbad to expose them to our businesses, to our restaurants, our retail, our community. That's a massive impact to continue to promote Carlsbad and champion our community. I would also add that a lot of people don't necessarily know that the chamber is the one, we are the ones that run the village fair. That's right. And so that is one of the biggest boosts to our revenue stream is the village fair, but also obviously a sense of pride. Good, well said. And then going forward to the 1990s, Lego was looking for a place to open their first North American theme park. And they vetted thousands of locations and it came down to two options, Carlsbad and some, fo- some place on the East Coast. And in 1993, Elaine Littleton was pres- or chair of our board of directors and she led a delegation to Denmark of city, civic, and business leaders to convince them that Carlsbad was the place for Legoland. She then subsequently, the very next year, led a referendum and the voters voted to approve bringing Legoland in and it opened in 1999. You cannot overestimate the economic impact of Legoland here locally. Since 1999, coming all the way forward till now, If you draw like approximately a seven mile radius around Legoland, 1.5 hotels per year have opened in that time, per year. And it continues to today. Most of those in Carlsbad, some in Oceanside, Encinitas, Vista, San Marcos, but most of those in Carlsbad. We're up to 46 hotels, 5,000 beds. We are the second largest generator of tourism revenue in San Diego County. Only San Diego generates more tourism revenue than we do. That's amazing. This fiscal year, $38 million come into the Carlsbad general fund budget from tourism revenue. Thanks in large part to Legoland. And plus, not to mention the, uh, the role it serves as, you know, as a workforce development tool. How many of you have a, a kid or a grandkid that, you, that worked at Legoland as one of their very first jobs? Yeah, exactly. And then I'll come forward to the 2000s. Um, In 2000, Carlton Lund was inspired as he saw the brand new freshly minted um, sign in Encinitas and said, doggone it, we need one of those in Carlsbad. And he led a 14-year campaign to get the sign up in Carlsbad. We had had one in Carlsbad in the 1930s, and nobody can tell me exactly when it came down or what reason it had to come down, but we had one and um, he was dead set that we had to erect it. And so the actual, the one that's there now was funded thanks to TaylorMade Golf, quarter of a million dollars. Um, Carlton was chair of our board when all this came together and the chamber was the kind of the backbone organization that helped, helped him pull it all together. This current sign is located within like a few feet of where the original one was. So very cool that it's back there. And of course, now if you look on anybody's social media who visits, everybody's, you know, if you come as a tourist, you take a picture. This is like quintessential Carlsbad, you know, so that sign is, is, uh, it's great. Oh, and late 2014, it officially went up and they christened it in January of 2015 with a lighting ceremony. And I think that's the last time they let us shut the streets down in that area. (laughs) It was amazing. So over the 100 years, we've had a few different homes. Uh, Of course, the train depot in the 1990s, we were at the Premium Outlet Mall in Carlsbad. 
And then our current home in 2002, which where we have been since, out in the business park, and I think a lot of you have visited us. To celebrate our 100th anniversary, we had a, a birthday party in February. Many of you were there. We had over 200 people at our offices as a thank you to you for our, our members. And then um, our next thing we want to make sure you're all aware is um, we're doing a block party, and it's in conjunction with TGI Friday Concerts in the Park. So um, the final concert this year is on August 11th at Alga Norte Park. It's the 80s tribute concert. So um, we're doing a block party there. And so we're going to have booths. Many of our committees, some of our NetForce groups and things are helping sponsor various booths that will provide activities for families and kids. So a booth could be like a carnival game or a face painting or a photo booth or whatever. And so we're, we're hoping to have somewhere around the 10-ish booths that will uh, take place before the concert starts and go all the way through intermission of the concert. So that's our thank you to the community for supporting us for 100 years and just to give back to the community. And then our final thing, you want to talk about this one? Sure. So we'll get into it a little bit uh, when we get to our initiatives, but I'm hopefully many of you know that we have at the Chamber a nonprofit foundation as part of us. It's a 501c3. We'll get into what we're, we're planning to use that foundation to do going into the future. But to celebrate our 100 years of existence, we are going to host a gala on Friday, October 13th, right here at the Westin. And you're all invited. Tickets will be going for sale somewhat soon. And all of the proceeds from that gala, all of the auction items, all of the tickets, all of the sponsorships are going to go to fund our foundation to get into... Uh, many of the projects that we'll talk about a little bit later on. Uh, it's going to be a great time. We're doing it a Roaring Twenties themed, given that we were founded in the Twenties. And uh, it's going to be just a blast. We're hoping to get 400 people. We're going to have a dance floor, excellent band, great food. It's just going to be a, a wonderful evening of celebration and, and to raise money for a great cause. So hopefully you'll, we'll all see you there and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. And with that, let's go into the future. Let's talk about what's next. That was a fun look at what we've done, but it's time to talk about some initiatives that are coming up. When you think of economic development, um, and if you think historically, what a lot of people think of, of economic development is how to get really good businesses to come to your community. So for instance, Callaway Golf was started in Georgia in the early 1980s. It moved to Carlsbad in 1983, and now we feel like you know it's synonymous with, with Carlsbad. TaylorMade was founded in Illinois in 1979, moved to Carlsbad in 1999. And so we think of economic development as we need to get more of these guys to move to Carlsbad or like a Viasat, like a, who started here in Carlsbad, right, to, to bubble up. But what we've known for... A long time, like everybody here in this room knows somebody, think before COVID, don't, don't think of the pandemic time frame, but before COVID, you knew somebody, if not multiple somebodies, who left the local area and still kept their job. They're like, I'm moving to, and you can name the states, right? I'm moving to Texas, Tennessee, wherever, to Florida, I don't know, all these different places, but they didn't have to let go of their job. Right? And then the pandemic came and the whole virtual work thing just exploded like on steroids. So we all know that people can go anywhere and take their work with them. So with that in mind, 
What does that mean for us? It's not economic development isn't just about, oh, we have to attract business. We have to attract talent. We have to be a place that grows and attracts talent to our area because they'll bring their work with them or their innovation with them. So a great example, a gentleman who uh, was on our board for a couple of years, uh, and several of you know him. He's actually going to be a guest speaker here in the coming months at First Friday Breakfast, Claude Jones. Claude Jones originally um, worked for Yahoo, and he got recruited away by Yahoo. Walmart recruited him to come and start their e-commerce backbone of Walmart. They were trying to compete with Amazon. And they immediately said, we want you to move to Silicon Valley and start this. And he's like, why? Why not just start it here in Carlsbad? He was already living here, working here for Yahoo. And they said, well, that's where the talent is. And he said, no, there is talent here. If I can find eight people to start this new initiative in Carlsbad, will you support starting an office here? And they said, sure. And so he did. He started with eight people. And then it grew and it grew and then it grew to that big building over there off of, uh, what is it, Avenida Encinas, and before the pandemic, it was up to 150 people, and then the pandemic hit, and they all worked remote. I have no idea if anybody's in that office anymore, but, you know, he grew it from eight people to 150 by choice here in Carlsbad because of the quality of life. So for us as a chamber, those are the kind of things that um, we need to be about. We need to be about attracting talent to our region and growing talent and keeping talent. So all the factors that go into why somebody want to locate here are things that we need to be involved in. With that, I'm going to let Adam talk about some of the things that we do. So talent doesn't just arrive. I mean, you can buy a free agent for the sports fans out there, but you also have to grow your farm system. And one of the ways that we do that is our rising star of the month. And we do that. What it is, is we honor some high school seniors who have overcome some adversity in their life, and the adversity is all over the map, unfortunately, who continued their studies and excelled in, in their academic and social life. And every month we honor, during the school year, we honor a handful of these, of these students from the various different schools in our region. And at the end of the year, we pick four or five that really stood out amongst that group, and we offer them college scholarships. It was 10. We gave 10. Oh, 10, yeah. <laughs> we had 10 students receive scholarships to college and our hope is that we let them go spread their wings learn from the world in college but ultimately come back to Carlsbad with their education with their love for this area and then get into our workforce start a business uh, run for politics whatever but come back to Carlsbad because now they have a connection to us SoCal is a similar program, and it's called Student Opportunity for Career Awareness and Learning. And this helps teens, young adults, and people who are transitioning from jobs to explore new career opportunities in our community. We do that by partnering with several of the other chambers and some other organizations and create videos of what's a day in the life as someone in, this, in a particular job. And many times, students who are looking at these or other people don't realize that, say, at TaylorMade Golf, you can be in marketing or in manufacturing or in human relations or in any other type of, of, of position. It's not, you know, one company can have multiple different places for you to fit in depending on what your passion is. 
And so this has been a great opportunity for us. I know it's a big passion of Brett's. Mm. We also have our Boots to Business program to help some of our um, veterans in the military who are transitioning out of the military and back into the workforce. Uh, this was a big thing that we did many years ago, and we are bringing this back. Um, it is so important to get these people who have served our country for so long to get back into our workforce with the skills needed uh, for today. And then one of our favorites is the uh, Junior CEO Program. This is modeled after uh, some, something in the Visalia Chamber, and it helps promote entrepreneurship in the schools, helps students see what it's like to be the CEO of a big company, small company, whatever. And, and lastly, and we, we got to meet many of, uh, of our friends this morning, is the Kindness Certified Companies. What better way to model what a company looks like than to, uh, to do so in partnership with, with the Kindness uh, Certified Companies? And we don't need to go further into that because we had the best example this morning. So these initiatives here are just a few of what we plan to use our 501c3 foundation to help promote and to, to fund. And so um, this is a really exciting time for us. Our goal is to really, to really raise the bar of what the impact of our chamber does in our community, uh, not just for those who are here to network, not just for the, you know, the business people, but to grow the talent and attract the talent to our region. And so that's a big initiative for ours going forward. But another thing out there, we hear a lot about affordable housing, right? And it's a very important, big issue. It's one of those quality of life metrics in the area that it becomes challenging. So when you look at this picture, this is our friends at Park Hyatt Aviara Resort, a beautiful place to vacation. But as you know, it takes a significant staff to make the experience that people have when they come to a resort like this. And we have obviously several of these resorts. And the challenge is to work there, a lot of those people, like things like housekeeping and all these kind of jobs, they live there and farther beyond. It's very challenging, right? Um, and we will never probably completely um, merge that gap that Folks who do some of the, the housekeeping staff and stuff will be able to live here in Carlsbad and afford to live in Carlsbad and work in Carlsbad. But what about these guys and these guys? What about them? Can they afford to live in Carlsbad and work here? And this is the, the challenge, right? And so a lot of people, we get focused on, well, we need more affordable housing. And there's an, a technical definition of affordable housing, right? That's there's a, an actual, okay, this much of the median income qualifies you for this and that. And it's true. We need to build more of the affordable housing. But the affordable housing will not solve the situation. None of those folks qualify for affordable housing. They make too much money. So they make too much to qualify for affordable housing, but not enough to qualify or, or not enough to um, afford market rate housing. So this is the rub. And so I was sitting here, we were talking some real estate this morning, and I know there's a, other realtors in the room. Uh, real estate is the ultimate supply and demand economy. Our demand is through the roof here in Carlsbad and supply is limited. So yes, we need more affordable housing, but we need more market rate housing as well. So we as a chamber, we're very engaged in this. So for instance, last month, the planning commission was looking at a project in South Ponto area. 
and South Ponto is highly charged. If you live in that area, it's like, oh my goodness, if you breathe anything down there that doesn't say park, they freak out, right? And so there they were at the planning commission. It took hours just to get through this meeting because the local residents were there claiming foul. And what was the proposal? There's this dilapidated, horrible self-storage thing in South Ponto that's been run down for years. And so a developer who bought it wants to build these really nice apartments that um, would be a huge upgrade to the property. And then, of course, the residents are like, foul, foul, foul. How dare you build a park, build a park, build a park. So from us as a chamber, it's like, okay, it's the city leadership has zoned it a certain way. A developer comes in and says, oh, that's what it's zoned. Here's a project that meets your zoning. We're there to support them. We're their backup to say, yeah, this fits. This makes sense. This, is, this would be an asset to our community. This would be an asset to all those professionals there who are looking for ways to afford to live in Carlsbad. You know, and if you think about it, when you can live closer to where you work, that helps with all the, um, the greenhouse gas reduction of emissions there and all those kinds of things as well. So other quality of life measures get better if we have more quality housing that can make it more affordable for folks to live here. So that's an initiative of ours. So we know this is a big deal in the community, and it's not a Carlsbad issue, right? It's not even a North County issue. It's a Southern California, it's an all of California um, issue. And we don't have a, a silver bullet to solve it. We don't. And, but we have to be engaged in it, right? So one of the challenges is, first of all, Carlsbad's done a good job. Carlsbad has done a very good job. We have um, a, a homeless outreach team, the HOT hot team that is very engaged in providing and offering services to folks, wraparound services, things that are might be needed for folks. And if you look at the issue, right, it's complex. There's mental health issues, but not everybody who's homeless has a mental health issue. There's addiction, but not everybody who's homeless is addicted to something. Um, you know, there's uh, obviously, obviously there's financial uh, inabilities to manage things. So it's a very complex question. But what we don't want is to sit back and say, oh, we're doing a great job. And the next thing you know, Carlsbad starts to look like that. Because it's a very quick process that can, stuff like that can happen. And as you know, it's like San Diego right now is talking about this, right? San Diego, the mayor is trying to pass stuff to clean up and get away from stuff like that. That's not a picture of San Diego, since you can see the Seattle needle in the background over there. Um, <laughs> but, um, but we don't want to become that, right? Because it turns off tourism. It turns off, it's hard for businesses. It's hard, you know, it's, the, again, the quality of life. And it's not, in my opinion, this is just Brett talking, but I don't think that's the most dignified for them as well. So, we need more beds, we need more doors, right? Which was the last issue we were just talking about. Um, and we need affordable housing that can help. And then there's also government intervention. And one of the things for us on a policy standpoint is government has decided that there's one size fits all when it comes to creating solutions, housing first. And if you don't know what that means, that means you provide a house and then you try to help solve their other issues second. And that sounds good, and it, and it has a place, and it should be a part of the solution, but it shouldn't be the only solution, because what, what is written in that is you can't have accountability 
in a housing first situation. So you can't say you have to be drug free to be part of our solution. If you want to get federal, state, county dollars to fight homelessness. So there's some phenomenal organizations that have high accountability um, success in this space and they can't get any dollars because they don't fit the model. So for our standpoint is there's got to be a a broader inclusion uh, of, of solutions to this, to this question, right? It has to be more than just housing first. Housing first should be there. And then others should have opportunities as well with their radical accountability. So we're engaged in these kind of policy discussions because that's what it is right now. It's a policy discussion because we need to look at what's being done through these and see what's the track record, right? And that's one of the things we want to bring to the table as a chambers. How are they working? And if something's not working, what else can we bring to the table? So those are, those are big community initiatives that we're engaged in and uh, we have going forward. And as Adam said, it's our board who helps lead these things and decide. Um, Ultimately, we can't do anything without our members. These are from our birthday party. We love our members. We need our members. We would not be here without you. Um, We can't have the impact that we have. We can't do what we do without you. So ultimately, we're here to serve you and we thank you, and thanks for sitting through this. And uh, if you have any questions or input, we got about five, maybe seven minutes where Adam will answer your questions. I'm ready. (laughs) But seriously, thank you all for being here. You know, the commitment to showing up, not just on Friday morning at 7 a.m., but the happy hours, the committee meetings, the... All of the other things that we do, that is truly what makes this a, a, special, a special community. So with that, if there are any questions, we'd be happy to answer if we can. If not, we'll... Or comments. Comments. You know, yeah. Yeah, it was before my engagement time here in Carlsbad. How, how did we get TaylorMade to come here? Sure. So definitely the, the, the quality of life factors, right, are a big deal. So when you think of what makes a community desirable to be a part of, you can think of the factors, right? You want good schools, you want safe, um, you know, low crime rates, you want amenities and parks and all those kinds of things. So, um, but you also want, like from our standpoint, it's very important to have a pro-business climate, right? And so you, you look at our impact over the last hundred years. This is why I feel like, I mean this 100% seriously, if any business is currently located in Carlsbad, they absolutely should be a member of the Carlsbad Chamber of Commerce because we've been working in the background for a hundred years making sure that this is a business-friendly climate. Even if, and we hear this, oh, we just do business, you know, internationally. Oh, we do business across the country. We don't do any local business, so why should we join the chamber? You should join the chamber because you chose to locate here and you found it friendly enough to be a good place because we've been working our rear ends off to make that possible. My guess is also that you can play golf year-round here. Yeah, so probably yeah, helps. <laughs> yeah, I think that worked for the golf companies, right? Um, that's why we've become the, what do they call it? The, we're like the Silicon Valley of the golf industry in Carlsbad or something like that. It's great, great title. I, I do know there is a story of uh, Viasat was, started I'm not going to say threatening, but started to look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a story of uh, the former mayor and the former CEO of the chamber. Yep working with Viasat to figure out what the pain points were uh, and what they needed to be able to grow here in Carlsbad. And because of that, they were able to stay. And now you can see how many more buildings they've built and really taken over um, 
of their space here. So uh, I think that's a lot of it is the collaboration with the city, with other organizations yeah. to create the environment that these businesses want. Any other questions or comments? All right. Well, thank you guys so much. We have a give, couple giveaways here. Adam, you want to draw some? Sure. Are those business cards or is that what they are? Yeah, with three, getting, all right, three. three business cards. We're going to give the Go-Giver book from Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. I'm not looking. We have Karen Graham from Building a Legacy, Mentoring the Community. Let's go. Come on, go. Karen. Come on up. Come on Come up. Come on up. We got two more. And we got Rachel Arbuckle from 2,000 Paces. Come on up. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> you win every time. Just come. And Kayla Kamak the development manager at Equation Collaborative. All right. Congratulations. Guys, there's some uh, upcoming events. It's already uh, on your uh, agendas or flyers there that are on your table, so I'm not going to repeat everything there. So please take a look at upcoming events. We do appreciate you. We appreciate your time, your engagement with us. I just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to share everything that the Chamber has been working on, uh, all of our upcoming initiatives, and thank you again for being members of our amazing organization. Uh, we're not... We're not an organization for 100 years if we don't have amazing members and people as part of us. So thank you all again and looking forward to many more events together. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us on our Carlsbad People, Purpose and Impact podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please hit the follow button on wherever you get your audio and please tell a friend. We would love to hear your feedback, which you can share at carlsbadpodcast.com. You can leave us a review, ask a question, or leave an audio comment, which we can play on the show in the future. And that's all we have for today. Can't wait to see you next time on Carlsbad People, Purpose, and Impact. And remember, share some kindness today. It's free, creates goodwill, and makes you feel great.